everybody Jamelian here and I am your host tonight for GVN live and I am totally jacked up because I just got my copy of injustice 2 and I competed in injustice tournament just like random I thought it was injustice 2 but really it was injustice and somehow I managed to come in fourth I don't even know how that happened there was like 16 players and I lost my first match but then I like won the next four in a row I have no idea how that happens but I'm apparently an injustice freak of nature but I'm jacked up. That being said, we have a lot of really exciting things to talk about tonight. Um, before I go around and ask how everybody is doing and what they are playing. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about why the positive benefits about video games benefits aren't really shown that much in the news. And there's a couple of different ones I want to bring up that happened recently. And I really just want to try to hit the nail on the head on why this continues to happen, why the negativity is constantly, you know, coming down. And they want to say, you know, it's, you know, violent when really there's a lot of like positive. I know I'm overly jacked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I Nick's like doing <laughs> no, these eyes. No, couldn't tell. Nick's like doing these eyes. Like what in the world? But yeah, at least that makes for an exciting show tonight. You guys can't see this, but this is an Injustice Two jersey that I totally just got for free, and it's really cool. Nice. I'm gonna wear it tomorrow. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I know. I I feel like I'm like almost sponsored, but not quite. <laughs> Oh, the bot scares you. That's okay. I feel better now. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> um, the bot but, scares me, too. It calls me a meat bag. <laughs> but the second topic um, is going to be a bigger one. And I really want to talk about the evolution of fighting games. Because um, as a lot of you know, I'm really active in the fighting game community. So, since we're starting a little bit late tonight because of me. Sorry. Let's sorry, start to do sorry. our rounds. I, I pretty much yes. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, man. I came in fourth place. Screw that. I'm gonna make top eight at the next Injustice Two tournament. All right. Well, I hope so at least. So, Rob, let's start with you. How are you doing? And what games are you playing? And are you getting Injustice Two? I'm extremely tired. I am only playing a couple of games right now. Uh, I just plugged my PlayStation back in after like I haven't touched it in like a month so uh, I might get back into the Adelaide Fearest which I actually have kind of abandoned since I started playing the switch uh, <laughs> um, I've been, I just reinstalled defiance which is actually kind of a fun MMO that was based on the short-lived sci-fi TV series can everybody hear me just fine by the way yeah I can hear you just fine okay I can, I can, hear, I can you. hear you all right I got my mic a little bit farther away so it's not in camera but um, uh, in terms of Injustice 2, I didn't buy the first one, so <laughs> I'm, I, I might pass on this one because mm. Midway Fighter. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out until the updated. Mm. I'm the, telling uh, you right now, Injustice 2 is 10 times better than Injustice 1 just from the 10 minutes I played at um, 
Way to go, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> just, from, just from the 10 minutes that I played on Saturday I played it for like 10 minutes I played Scarecrow he's so badass and it, it already plays way better than Injustice 1 I didn't realize how salty Injustice 1 was till I was competing in this tournament I, I might consider it because they announced Darkseid as a playable character and he is probably my all time favorite villain in any comic universe so yeah. you know what I don't think it is Power Girl but it has a lot of really cool new characters and I totally bought. Uh, Power I, uh, Girl is a skin for Supergirl, though. She, yeah, okay, it, it's a skin, but not the actual character herself. I, I did end up upgrading to the Ultimate Edition last minute, so I ended up buying. Uh, they do the have uh, a different. <laughs> Show up and take my money. Voice. They also have a that, different voice. That's actually what. That's actually what happened. Uh oh. I, yeah, I. Oh my! What? Uh, oh my! Yeah, you're 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 just uh, you just went crazy. <laughs> okay. Me? Uh, yeah. Okay. My webcam's fine over here. Is it fine for you guys? No, it's kind of like. What are you like guys talking? Yeah, your camera's going in and out. As is your headset. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're getting a robot voice. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to move it now. I think that the androids are taking what? over. It's right. hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> is my connection any better? Yes, it is better yes, now. Much. So, uh, as you were saying, it's, it's, it's better now. Yes. If I have to go into the other room, I will. I was trying to be in. Am I good now? Yep. I'm, yes, fine. I'm channeling my inner superhero. Yeah, it's the bot. I agree. Get rid of the GVM bot. The GVM bot's doing it. Yes. And he keeps on being rude to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'm, I'm good now, right? Uh, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark is fine. Hi, Mark. Second. Welcome back. Is Mark good? Are we all good? I'm fine. I just I pushed the wrong button. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just go all on right, before but, um, we lose um, more traction in the show. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Rob, are you good? You're done? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just... That's what you're doing yeah. in life. All right, you're lame because you won't get injustice too. All right, Keith, how are you? What are I you am, playing? Uh, as of right now, no, the, well, here's yeah. the thing, Emily, is that I'm not a hater of injustice. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, it's not really uh, for me, and I didn't really like the first one all that much, to be honest with you. That's uh, Neither do but I. um if anything i've been playing um still legend of zelda i got beat my second divine beast and i gotten i forget how many korok seeds at the second i'm just clearing out shrines at the moment and then i just took a little break from video games and joined some of the weather that's outside because it's freaking beautiful outside gotta go do the outside thing every so often uh get that color in and whatnot but uh other than the legend of zelda that is about uh it I wish I had, I'm really, really, really excited for uh, Street Fighter on the Switch. And, uh, oh, wait, I also lied. I played some Mario Kart 8 because Mario Kart 8 is pretty rock. I was going to buy that today. Yes, I'm it do is. It tomorrow, so. Mario Kart. Uh, but yes, other it than is. that, uh, things, are, uh, things are good. Yeah, I can't complain. They, they, they hit me if I do, especially the bot over here that just keeps on, like, staring at me. Stop. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mark. How about you? I'm fine. Mark. 
<laughs> that's it. It's like, hey, are you what? You've done how many shows with him now, and you're expecting more? I was more? about to say that's uh, that's pretty wow. much Mark's mo. He he sticks to one word answers, kind of like. Is it me? Wait, 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 guys! I think I know what's happening. Uh oh! I think I know what's happening with my web. Why it's it's being like that? Are you downloading a Windows 10 update in the background? Apparently, no. I already have Windows 10, but apparently, okay. Am I moving better now, more clearly, or no? It's kind of uh, a little glitchy, but yeah, you're well, feeling right. Apparently, it was running. It was checking for updates and running some background thing, but I fixed it. Uh, um, uh. I'm sorry that I'm glitchy tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, you're well, Mark. I figure since you always have a lot more to say on the other shows, you'd have more to say tonight, but. That's I okay. played Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm not going to buy Injustice 2. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> wow. So, nobody here is getting Injustice 2 but me? Chat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If NetherRealm made good games, I would buy them. But they don't, so I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way, considering... I mean, that's fine. That's fine. You're allowed to like bad things. <laughs> wow. I like lots of bad things. Wow. All right. Well... Well, no, that's not true. I mean, I think one time at 10 was pretty good. No, it's true. She's allowed to like bad things. We live in a free I'm society. I'm sorry that you <laughs> happen to feel that way, but Injustice 2 is actually getting, so far, a lot of really good reviews. We'll see what happens after. I mean, that's fine. There's a lot of people in the world who are wrong. <laughs> Trump's our president. <laughs> There's his oh, argument to win oh, all arguments. Oh, all right, <laughs> we're going to take the topic back onto video games now yeah. and not political. Let's not let's not do that tonight. <laughs> okay. Gaddafi did um, it. What? <laughs> Gaddafi did it. Moving on. Yes. We're definitely moving on. All right. So the first topic is um, basically I read this article the other day, and I know that before I think – for the show I hosted um, last year, I talked about how surgery, uh, surgeons actually play video games and it helps them improve and become better surgeons and more meticulous and how we don't hear about those studies in the news and how surgeons actually can sometimes get their companies to buy their systems for them. It, you know, covered by work because it's supposed to help them be better and pretty much help them save lives. So to go based off of that, I read another article that came out in the beginning of this month about this study going on where doctors are actually testing whether or not video games, like special video games that are designed to help children who have sensory and attention problems, like, you know, ADHD, to see if video games actually help them improve. And they would literally be prescribing video games to these children who with these issues, special video games, as opposed to feeding them drugs like Adderall and Ritalin and other things like that. I thought this was a really interesting topic to dive into again because as in video game culture we are still struggling with being able to spread the positive benefits of video games out in the news because they seem to just kind of focus on 
oh, video games cause violence over and over again. And I really want to ask you guys why you feel we have all this cutting edge, amazing, you know, trials and stuff going on about how video games actually help children and can actually be a replacement for drug therapy when it comes to censoring attention issues. Yet we don't hear about that in the news. It's constantly video games are violence. So I want to ask what your views are on that and what you feel, if you feel that it's ever going to change or we might just be in this constant struggle of the news and the media thinking it's a negative outlet for kids when studies are actually proving it's actually a positive outlet for kids. Um, so, Keith, I'm going to start with you. Sorry, Rob. Denied. <laughs> okay. But uh, so as far as any sort of therapy that if it can help out kids, absolutely. That's uh, my uh, one thing in life. I think that anything that can be used as a positive is always an awesome thing. Now, as far as it being into the news, is that uh, always uh, bad publicity is Goro's numbers, as far as that one's concerned. But like you said, we're not going to turn that into that shit show of whatever it is that I'm going to go no, off on um No, I don't, I don't want to go into necessarily the negatives. I want to talk about the positives and why, you know, because it's not like positive things haven't gone viral either. Well, here's the thing is that I don't think that there's too much nowadays, at least there's not too much of a there was that whole like spat way back you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, but other than that, uh, there's not too much of a really bad image of the gaming community. If anything, now you could see it on e you of all people know you could see it on ESPN now. It's all like, that's, wow, this is true, actually being more accepted. So I think that as different venues kind of come up, these different sorts of treatments can come to available to us. And maybe they can develop something, but if they can make somebody better, absolutely. I'm solely down with her that. It's just interesting to me about how I have to search high and low. Like I didn't literally need to Google video games and go into the news area of Google and search high and low. And eventually I will find an article, you know, pertaining to, medical science and video games but it's a one article and it's it's hidden behind all the other ones and it just i just wonder why video games wouldn't pick up on not video games i wonder why news outlets wouldn't pick up on something that actually has a positive influence on children why they continue if they are going to pick up something and i'm not just talking about espn and that is true that a lot of sports stations like espn are getting into esports and that is a great thing but when you look at companies like cnn and cbs and things like that yes that is true a lot of it has died down and the reason it's died down and they're not going as much into it is because look at espn a lot of these companies are starting to see that there's a lot of money involved so exactly. naturally they're like naturally they're like all right well back off don't say anything negative because we need to try to see if research and see if this is something we should get into so we can make more money but they're still not picking up on the positives so now they're just avoiding it all together instead of actually doing something about it rob uh, I know you said you don't want it to go political, but let's be truthfully honest one of the main reasons why I this political I mean of, like the government well, it's, it's, Let's it's, not talk about Trump, pretty much. We're not talking about Trump. No, <laughs> trying no. what I'm trying to say is, in the hindsight of things, 
there are two things that are going on with uh, with why video game like the the benefits of gaming is not brought to the forefront even more. One is public perception, um, and this goes way back, like you know, back like when you know comic books were considered evil and rock and roll music was that was the music of the devil, and it's just like like every other medium, like so it, as you know. They as video games progress as a medium and all that fun stuff, uh, and the benefits of you know short term exposure, which helps people out with you know like improving improvements in surgery or you know helping kids out with ADD. It's 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 gonna always be an uphill fight because you have that public perception that video games are a thanks to the media always gonna uh, make p kids grow up to be violent or b it's just stuff for kids and yeah you, you can always look at stuff like this back in let's let's look at it this way back in 18 years ago one scientist caused one whole hell of a shitstorm when he ran a false claim that um immunizations would cause autism and no matter how many studies came out and said it was false that there was no base at all to his claim that such a thing would exist, millions and millions and millions of idiots ate it up and believed it. The perception like that is practically the same when it comes to video games. Millions and millions and millions of idiots are out there reading articles, watching news journals, and watching the you know Columbine news coverage and saying, oh, Doom makes kids violent. GTA makes kids want to jump out into the streets and steal cars and run people over. And that is why you don't see news outlets talking about, oh, hey, this game is going to help my kid with his ADD 30 minutes a day, you know, three times a week or whatever. It's just not going to, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. And I mean, with exposure now going towards more the esports uh, way, you definitely now have, you know, a platform of which you can begin from. Because a lot of these kids, we, we got brawly legs. And then we got uh, brawly legs. He he's brawly a, legs. he is a disabled gamer. And oh okay, okay. He is extremely good at what he does. He with is his a motivation. Yeah, he plays games with his mouth. He, he plays fighting games with his tongues. He actually got top eight once. He's gotten articles Whoa. written about Playing. him out there, and he is an inspiration. That is a medium that allows you to see. You know, he probably would have stayed in his basement all day, probably doing absolutely nothing or whatever because of his disability. Probably but, doing the same. But the FGC has allowed him to manage to reach out and, you know, practically make a big big deal out of this. Look at this guy. He's going out, venturing forward, doing things you wouldn't think possible. And you don't hear anything about that except on gaming media websites. So, like, at least we have a platform now with esports being on, like, TNA or TNT or whatever and now on ESPN. Um, we might have something to grow on in order for positive exposure. But then again, when you got Wolf Chrome dropping F-bombs, it, it kind of, you know, shoots you in the foot. Yeah, but also is that there's a whole other medium nowadays that also where people get their information too. So we're kind of like on that ground floor as well. And as more different venues kind of open up for it, maybe these different things can actually have more effect on it as well. Like you said, it's a very, very infancy stage on the actual development of everything for it, really. It is, and it's it's got to begin somewhere. It's just, it started a while ago, but it just really hasn't really gained any traction, and it's kind of painful to see. I would argue that 
for games like Halo and Call of Duty, it's gained a lot more traction than the fighting game community because those games were esports before esports even hit us. They, I mean, they got like pop bonuses of like a million dollars, sometimes like two million, and you know, we're still struggling to get past half a million, which is obviously was a huge thing when you know Capcom announced, oh, it'll be a half a million dollars, but. You know, we're still on that that slow, slow. So I I do agree in that regard. Um, I just kind of wish more was more was done. You see these positive posts go viral all the time, but with you know video games, especially fighting games, you just don't really you just don't really see it. Um, so, Mark, what are your thoughts? Well, um, do you guys remember that article that they published about all of the positive benefits of playing Dungeons and Dragons? Nope. Right, no. because there wasn't no, one. I don't. That's that's <laughs> the first part. That's the first part of my argument. Mm -hmm. um, okay. It is not the news media's <laughs> job, for better or for worse, to prevent present parody in stories. It is their job to make money. The news media is not going to have interest in the idea of following up on stories that are not going to attract eyes. And generally speaking, when it comes to psychological studies in any capacity, you're, you're going to get people, you're going to catch the eyes of the news media if your study does one of two things. One, if it, if it gives people a reason to be you know, concerned or afraid or what have you, or two, if it's indicating some type of miracle cure for a pervasive widespread issue. So, like, if you see a lot of studies that they put on to, you know, uh, the Today Show or whatever, it's chocolate cures cancer. And, like, this isn't new, you know? Like, this is the thing John Oliver talked about, like, six months or a year ago. It's pop psychology. A study like this is great. I mean, it, like, you know, it's, it's only a study of, like, 38 people, and, you know... It's promising, but there's not a lot to it. Like, it's not something that I would be running to, you know, report on just because, like, it's not it's not a large sample size. But it's I, promising, and I, I would hope that they can do more with it. Well, like, I, that, if I put it on the Today Show as an example. Well, right. Well, the thing that surprised me about it was so much the potential and the idea of doctors prescribing, you know, quote-unquote, video games as a way to help manage and sure you know your ADHD or having sensory issues and things like that it, it was more or less like that could be someday but you know for me I guess I know where you're coming from I guess for me it just kind of bothers me because my point is when they do pick up some type of article that they all want to you know, write and post everywhere and spread all over. It's they always choose the negative things. Like, sure. oh, this person, oh, this person murdered somebody. Did you know that he liked video games? Video games are violent. Then they pull in these therapists who agree. Oh, if you pl they played this fighting game and then he beat this person. Sure, up. but Clearly, I mean, game Street Fighter made him violent when. Sure, but Gamergate was news for a year, and then nobody cared about it anymore. Bad Thank shit is God. going to attract people's immediate attention. Like, listen. I don't have a fucking opinion on, like, the people involved by and large, but the event collectively was the fucking shits. And the news media reported on that because it was bad. The news yeah. media is going to report on bad things because it draws eyes to the product. Now, this is the thing. It sucks that, you know, we had that reputation spurred on by Jack Thompson and whatever, that video games are, you know, representative of violence. But That's a name I haven't heard in a while. 
look at the way the news media did treat gaming during, you know, the tragedy, essentially. Um, they were distinguishing between the people who were doing awful shit and the people who weren't. They were making efforts to attempt to distinguish that, like, you know, gaming wasn't like a shit show of, you know, teaching our kids to become serial killers anymore. They used nuanced language in describing what gaming was about. So it's, it's, it's no longer profitable to say gaming is going to turn your kids into fucking murderers or, you know, monsters or whatever. Well, which is partly why you don't really hear it much anymore. Because, like I said before, because they're seeing the success of, like, ESPN and a couple other news stations, you know, a lot of them have been backing off on saying anything negative. They're not saying anything at all, really, but I imagine they're already... You know, look at I mean, Colin there's not, Coward. There's not look, at, money look, at, look at look at Colin Coward. I mean, he he left ESPN. He thought they were ridiculous, probably because he found out because soon after he left, they announced that they were launching ESPN Esports. But you know, even on the new station he was at, he kept going on and on trying to bash about it and like making you know gamers piss. But then all of the sudden, and I imagine it's because you know the station he worked for said something to him. All of a sudden, he was considering investing. And esports after all the hate he publicly said it's it's really all about money at the end of the day so i've seen a lot of people back off on things just because they know one they don't want to lose their jobs and two they see how much money is involved and they start debating whether or not they should actually be saying anything negative about it in the first place and yes crystal it wasn't a very large study because it was i think it was like a preliminary like experimental group like they wanted to try it out first to see how things went, to see if there was any type of success rate. And then after that, they're going to move into larger, larger ones from, oh, you. Yeah, I had her explain it to me before we started, actually. Oh, really? Yep. Uh. Oh, okay. I didn't know you said, I didn't <laughs> She's know She's a doctor. I didn't know you sent her the article. <laughs> She's out of everybody a doctor. right now here present, she is probably the smartest out of all of us. I, I hey, I went to college, motherfucker. Hey, I went I know to you're incredibly too, smart but, yourself, but uh, I went to college too, but I just I just Yeah, just because she went to college for longer than me doesn't make her smarter than me. I In just, fact, <laughs> I would argue that was a bad life decision. <laughs> I, I yes, just, point, unfortunately, but I just I just read the articles, guys. I mean, there's only so much to know. The only one I will confirm is that the guy who did my surgical procedure on my neck, he did flat out tell me in the middle of it that he uh, plays Minecraft all the time, and that his that his boss pays, like the company that owns the practice pays for all his gaming stuff, um, which I thought was cool. So that that one I that one I did confirm. This one, obviously, it's very preliminary. I just kind of wanted to use it as a mm-hmm. an example, right? I, exactly, um, a recent example, just showing that there's still stuff going on, and like there's still like. You know, a lot of doctors and scientists trying to test out theories with video games and the positive effects. So, Dr. Crystal, sure. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and again, I mean, like, I agree with her core point here, which is, like, you're probably not going to see it pop up until it's a thing where there's, like, a lot larger of a sample size and it's more verifiable. Yeah. The sort of stuff that stops up, that pops up as, like, pop studies is shit that's easily misinterpreted like again going back to you know the um the the john oliver special 
Like if it if it's you know chocolate cures cancer, eggs cure cancer, coffee cures cancer. Like that's the shit that you know, um, fucking Al Roker is going to be talking about on you know during the weather report or whatever in the morning, because that's the shit where it's like this is a thing where it's like this does great amazing new thing that like you know wasn't even necessarily what the study fucking said in the first place, but whatever, not the point. The point is, like, this is, you know, gaming might be useful for helping some people who have sensory disorders. And, like, even if they get to the point where, like, you know, that's verifiable with thousands of people, like, it's 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 probably, it's going to be like a five-second human interest piece, like, you know, like 10 o'clock at night in the city where that college exists, probably. Like, just because it's not, like, if gaming could cure cancer, that'd be all over the front page news. It's just, it's not. Oh, oh, oh well, I mean. I think gaming could do a lot of really great things for people that are struggling, but I would even be, like, super shocked if gaming could cure something like cancer. Like, that would be unbelievable. And I mean that because, like, it sounds unbelievable. <laughs> sure. But, like, you know, that's just that's just what that pop shit is about. Like, for us, it's enthusiast media exists for stuff like that, I think. And it's enthusiast media isn't necessarily big. Like, the largest enthusiast media group that we have is IGN, and even then, like, their hit count is not, like, terribly yeah. impressive in the grand scheme of things. But enthusiast media exists for stuff like this. Like, you're, you're probably never going to see a mention of, like, Dungeons & Dragons on the news again, but, you know, there, there are sites that cover it, and it's to feed the needs of people like us. Gaming is probably never going to be positively discussed, except in a financial capacity, or in, like, you know, the discussions of esports on the whole, on the news going forward. And, I mean, honestly, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of disheartening, but at least they're not slagging games anymore. And you know what? If, if gaming can eventually shed off that shitty reputation that it got in the 80s and the 90s, fuck, I'll take it. I mean, I guess I would have to say that as long as they're not saying anything negative, I guess that's better than nothing, right? Yeah. So long as you're not shitting on us, you know, I'll take nothing over being actively belligerent, you know? <laughs> I agree with that. Well, that's a good point. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to say that there's no... Because you just said that negative things happen. I, I'm aware of the fact that it's very possible that... And I think we discussed this before last year, too the psychological effect of video games. If somebody just isn't hardwired right or they came from a bad like bad, like some people might not be able to I guess what's the right way to well, say this? Well they think not, Hamish Bach actually did a uh, YouTube video about how Dark Souls actually helped him uh, cope with different things as well. So yep. Well it, it's it's hit or miss. There's obviously some people that can't tell the difference between, you know, reality and fantasy but i'm not really a psychologist so i you know a lot of stuff i see is what i read so i can't really dive too far into that but i do know that my parents always taught me what was like reiterated in my brain over and over again movies aren't real games aren't real this isn't real it's just a piece of art and i guess it was reiterated to me so much that i actually you know, had it's that kind of like, in. I, I kind of had that separation. Like, of course, when I play a game, I get like totally lost in it. You watch a movie, you get lost and you like, 
you're like in that world, but there's a moment where I come out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I feel like some of the negative things that happen where, you know, children or somebody older says, uh, well, this game inspired me. I feel like on some sort of psychological level, they kind of lost that coming out of that type of element or they're just hardwired differently. You know, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't read a lot of studies on that, to be honest, but um, does anybody else have anything else they want to say? I mean, I, the most I can say is I hope in the future. What did she, Crystal say? Uh, I mean, I study how people interact with and through technology, and I think there's a lot of potential for good. And I think previous coverage has been super shitty and not true to people's actual lived experiences. But I also think people shouldn't swing too far to the other side where you, in the general you, like the royal you, not you specifically, can't yeah, recognize I, 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 I get it. I know she's not <laughs> I know, it's just, I just want to be sure, I just want to be sure. Um, can't recognize that bad things happen too, where you can't take criticism and improve from it. Oh, well, no, you, de yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Obviously, while there are a lot of goods, there are some negatives too that occur. I just think some of the negatives that occur have more to do with lifestyle and someone's upbringing than necessarily, you know, the game itself. You know, a lot of people want to, you know, I said this before, there's rating systems. That is true. If they can affect you positively, they can also affect you negatively. There are games I don't like. They affected me negatively when I played them. <laughs> and they made me mad, and I never played them again. Um, <laughs> Ninja Gaiden <but>, Black. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and like, I'm being legit. I mean, obviously, there are games. Like, I won't lie. Street Fighter Five. that game legit makes me angry. Like, there's a lot of games I play, even games I don't like. And there are some games that I play, there's very few, but there are some that I get angry when I play it. Like, it makes me mad. I just don't like it to the point where I'm like, I get pissed. And so I can definitely agree that while some of them affect you positively, there are definitely ones that can affect you in a negative, negative way. But even though I'm hosting this show, I would like, you know, is there anything else you guys have to say about it? Um, I don't have any more thoughts. I'm good. I'm good. Everybody's good. We actually agree on something. <laughs> Yay, Crystal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she said we agreed that we need more attention on the good stuff, though. That was my main point. I realize there are negatives, but I do think there just needs to be a little more attention on the good stuff, and we need to focus a little more on showing that there are positives to it as well, not just necessarily the negatives. But... Moving on to probably a topic I'm going to enjoy talking about because I love fighting games. No. So, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. You guys. All right. <clears throat> so. Oh, yes. Thank I you, thank you uh, Crystal. Just real quick. Uh, she posted... Uh, a preliminary based on a study she did on the FGC. This is something uh, I help promote within some FGC groups on Facebook. And she released this about a week or two ago. And uh, it's got a really interesting study that everybody should check out. I wish I would have seen this before I got into the topic I just did. But I am going to – I just pulled it up. I'm going to minimize that and take a look at that later. So thank you, Crystal. Um Everybody watching. The more you know. 
The more you know. Um, but I, I am actually curious about that one. I do want to read that one, given how active I am in the FGC. So, fighting games are becoming more and more popular. Uh, our numbers are growing in the fighting game community. I just spoke with six or seven people tonight, and they had no idea this stuff was going on. I was excited and wanted to get involved when I went to the tournament I was at. So, I pretty much did my best to try to get them involved and to to come out. Um, that being said, the games themselves have changed a lot. Um, and if you go back and you play games like um, Samurai Showdown, and I mean the original like game. arcade versions of Samurai Showdown. First of all, there's no training mode. There's no story mode. You don't have any like crazy stories. You have none of that. Hell, it's difficult to even figure out how versus works. You should see me on the Switch trying to like play it because I can't even figure out, you know, and it's like a, the original port. So it's like difficult trying to figure it out. But it has none of this. I mean, literally all it is is you're playing against the computer. The computer. The computer, arcade mode. And if you push a couple complicated buttons, if you know how to do it, you can somehow magically get two-player. I mean, that's mm. that's literally how it is. It's very complex. But, and obviously the graphics aren't as high quality, you know, it's like... Shut your mouth. That game is still good. That game is I I know, but I'm talking about the the quality now compared to that. I'm not even saying it's not pretty, but you know exactly what I mean when I say that. You know, the fighting game moves were very blocky and, you know, shaky. There weren't that many moves. You can do a lot more with fighting games now than you could back then. That being said... Nowadays, it seems like the story mode matters. Back then, it didn't matter to have a story mode. Everybody loved it. It didn't matter if you had training mode. Obviously, we need training mode for competitions, but it didn't matter at the time about a training mode. None of these extra costumes and you know skins, DLC, none of that existed. So fighting games over the course of the last like, 20, 30 years, especially just the last... like. 10 years, let alone, have had such a very huge shift. So I guess I kind of want to talk about, you know, everybody's views on the shift from, you know, the classic Samurai Showdown games to the current, like, I'll bring it up, Street Fighter V and Justice 2, Tekken 7's coming out. You know, even Ultra Street Fighter 2, we can throw that in there because they made a lot of changes to that one too to try to modernize it a little bit but still keep it closer to the quote-unquote original like you know they add like extra modes in there extra dlc characters so let's start with rob since i know you're active in the fighting game community too what are your views on the evolution of fighting games from the classic to the current do you think that there's been positive changes and what do you think are the cons to evolution pros and cons of evolution uh, well, and what terms, do you think those changes are well in regards to vi- fighting games um we gotta go a little bit farther back than like the samurai showdown games I, even I street fighter 2 uh, well, of course i was just using an example but yeah i would say some of the big things that i really enjoy about the evolution fighting games is just how much variety you get 
granted, yes, we get a lot of games that end up being clones of one another, and they, they mimic each other in so many different ways. I mean, you had SNK for, and as much as I hate to say it, SNK for a little bit was mimicking what uh, Capcom was trying to do, even though they tried to be different with, like, how they would do the arcade experience when it came to games like Art of Fighting or Fatal Fury, as opposed to, like, Street Fighter 2. Hmm. Um, uh, you just had, let's just say, I would say uh, one of the big things at the beginning of fighting games was how empower how how they tried to empower women with, you know, the female fighters that they, that they included. Because if you look back at before Street Fighter 2, I mean, you had the original Street Fighter, you had, I guess, crap like Time Killers, and then you had the earlier stuff like Karate, where there was no female protagonists that were available to be played at all. Or actually, I could be wrong about Time Killers. That game sucks anyway. Um, yeah. But, uh, it, like, you know, once Chun-Li was introduced, and then, you know, they introduced Cammy and, you know, so many other female characters, and then along with them, the introduction of, like, Blue Mary and Mai Shiranui and so many other female uh, characters. So you, you definitely had the growth of strong uh, female characters, now, the negative we get from that, of course, is the overt sexualization of the female characters. If, in case you haven't noticed, Chun-Li's bus size has, like, tripled since uh, 1990. <laughs> I think you're talking about Mai, sir. Well, Mai has as well, but Chun-Li's boobs have gotten up there, too. Uh, oh, yeah, they've gotten I could, pretty ridiculously big. I could big. probably argue that Mai's got a lot, got way more bigger than Chun-Li's Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I remember... My very well, like she actually had a dress that covered her up completely too when she first appeared. Um, so I would definitely say that was your the one big negative. But nowadays, you know, I play a game like Dead or Alive Five, and actually, it it I just don't give a crap because I enjoy the gameplay elements. Uh, other things that have become uh, a, a good staple in terms of the evolution is just the type of you know how we had like the video game crash of the of the early 2000s you know after street fighter third strike came out because there was just one too many there was just too many fighters coming out at that point because it was just way too much garbage i mean at a point like in the late 90s people did start to experiment with different types of ideas like you had games like zero divide and uh gods of war and bio freaks and you had all these weird games that were trying to be hybrids of oh yeah what's oh my god what's that one game on switch i almost got it it was weird i never heard of it it's a fighting game it's from neo geo i'm not keith, sure keith or rob you might know i i because they put a bunch of different like classic games on there like KOF games stuff like oh, that and uh, uh waku waku 7 Yes, I actually like. I thought I heard of all of them. I never heard of that one that until game, I was looking at games. That never came out in the U.S., like, but that was a very unique and hilarious fighter. Um, well, when you were talking about like a lot of like companies trying to come up with these weird games, I just instantly thought of that one because when I was looking it up online, I found very very few. But I found a few videos of the game. I'm like, what in the yeah. world is going on in this game right now? So like, yeah, even I almost though bought it. Even though in the late 90s, yeah, we did, we had a ton of these fighting games that were coming out because we had the Street Fighter clones <laughs> that were coming out in the early to mid-90s. In the late 90s, everyone was like, okay, we got we to gotta fight for everyone's dollars. So they started coming up with different weird ideas. Like Then you had the shitty fighters, like uh, the stuff on the Neo Geo, Way of the Warrior, Battle Monsters, and stuff like that. So eventually the market crashed because there was just oversaturation of stuff. So even good quality fighters were just... 
being thrown under the bus like Garou, Mark of the Wolves, or, you know, again, Third Strike, even though it was extremely popular and it helped start Evo, uh, it didn't get, I guess, the attention it deserved. And then, now going towards the negative of after that, because, yeah, believe it, that even though there was a crash, that's not the negative. The crash is, is now that even though fighters have resurfaced, developers are, my opinion, playing it way too safe with how they release their fighters. I mean, yeah, sure, you got uh, NetherRealms, who was trying different things with Injustice and Mortal Kombat and just the way they try to make their games extremely robust and complicated with, like, stances and just different button layouts and combinations and whatnot. It's it, it's really like the games have really offer aren't really offering much variety in terms of like uniqueness because SNK games will always play like SNK games. They they always have that same four button layout. You know what you're getting when you play it, which is even though why I love the last two King of Fighters games, it it, it really felt like nothing new to me. Um, when you play Street Fighter V, I feel like I'm playing a really dumbed-down fighting game. When I'm playing uh, Killer Instinct, a as much as I love Killer Instinct, it, it really feels like a rehash of the original because people want to just stick to what's keeping the games safe. So the evolution is really at some point when Street Fighter... After, at some, after some update to Street Fighter IV, everyone decided to just stop trying to evolve and make their games better and make them more casual friendly and that to me is where i think the evolution of fighting games has really stopped in my personal opinion and uh i think i'll stop there because i feel like i'm running away with this so what you're saying is exactly what i i was uh wanted to, one of the things i wanted to bring up was um, the difference, the fact that there wasn't no story modes and things like that, but now they're forced to kind of have to appease both the... Casuals and the hardcore audience. Exactly, and I think that that's one of the big issues that even happened with Street Fighter Five. They were focused so much on trying to please the hardcore competitive gamers that they left out all this other stuff for the casual players as well, all the extra fun stuff to the point that even some yeah, but like myself, even a lot of hardcore players was unhappy with it too. And like myself, but you know, when did that shift happen? When yeah, did it go from being is... okay to not being okay to include all that stuff? Yeah. But here's the thing with street fighter five is that street fighter five was trying to do all sorts of different things for it. And it just failed miserably. If you really kind of think about yeah. it on it, it was trying to appease to this audience for it. But even if they were trying to go for that simple <laughs> route, Emily, if they just didn't charge that full pr that price tag is really what was the killer of it. It was like, you gave us a stripped down game for the same price of what you would have charged if me, if I had all this content in a street fighter four or a street, Fighter 3. Well, I, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, take a look at Injustice 2. So I paid extra money for the, se for the season pass, but that's one season pass for every single DLC character that's going to come out. That's it. There's not season 1, 2, 3, this. There's going to be a total of 9 DLC characters, and they're all... If you buy the season pass, you get everything that comes with the season pass. When you look at Street Fighter 5, they're going to you know, every year they're going to release six DLC characters. But in the beginning, they said there was only going to be one season. 
that's it. You buy that pass, you get all the DLC. Then they changed it and announced Season 2 pass where you have to pay another $30. So that, I agree with you, the, the price, it's just not... It's not worth it for me. The game isn't worth me paying $30 every single year for another season pass as opposed to playing an additional $40 where I get everything already included in it. So why would I ever have to worry in the next 15 years paying anything extra? So I, I do agree that, you know, money obviously played a big issue in in it. But it there were a lot of people that returned the game because it had no con- didn't have enough content either. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't just the financial aspect of it. It had I mean, to be. It, it, well, be- it wasn't. Yeah, because they're paying for a, for a game that's not finished. Exactly. <laughs> I think we agree. So I'm just. <laughs> gonna, I'm just gonna. So, Keith. Obviously, we heard a lot about Rob and his views on the pros and cons of the evolution of fighting games. Let's let's move on to you. I'll so- take Mark for last. Oh man! <laughs> if anything, now I'm gonna be like the eh in the middle do, guy. Do you want to be? Do you want to be last? No, I don't want to be last. Okay, uh, I didn't think. so. <laughs> but pretty much is that with the uh, with fighting games, like you had your more basic games in the beginning, like you said, you had Street Fighter, and then you, like you were st- you were talking about previously of that. With Street Fighter, you just got lucky, and eventually, if you got like these different combinations for everything, eventually you got to do a cool move. And then you really at the height of everything was Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter Two was awesome because it actually had all sorts of different things going on inside yeah, of it. Yeah, nobody was... remembers. Nobody remembers Street Fighter One. <laughs> well, it's because Round it was really one. by 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 normal definitions the the game that we know and love today for it. And then you had Street Fighter 2 that just changed the whole genre. And then eventually you started getting all of these different clones for it. If anything, Robert, I loved a lot of those Neo Geo games that came I do out. too. But at the same time, after a I while, do. it just I've, felt I've like they were rehashing crap. Don't, no, don't get me wrong. They were total rehashes. And I loved how that now they can just poke fun at each other because of it. That uh, Neo Geo will like do one thing. And then all of a sudden Capcom will be, be like, oh, Dad slips on a banana peel now. Um, something along those lines. Um, I so I Dan. find that nobody likes Dan. Who the hell likes Dan? He wears a pink. I like Dan. I like oh, Dan. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying who the hell likes Dan and then talking about his stupid pink outfit. Thank you. Because you don't know how, how many people in the freaking FGC make fun of me and rub Dan in my face because of how much I hate him. That's I like, just... I don't hate characters very much, but I despise Dan out of every single Street Fighter character in the world. I hate I mean, that's fine. You're allowed to not like good things. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. My God. You know what? Mark. Dan's my boy, yo. Don't be talking uh, shit. I, I just talk shit. Screw Dan. Thank you. At least I know Keith's on my. No, back. it's not. No, it's not even so much that. It's just that he's a horrible fucking person. Like seriously. Dude, so yes, I know that's the point. I know it's the point, but I just don't why like him. He's not in any You're not supposed game. to like him. That's I why I like him. Never game before. He's like <laughs> horrible. His stupid grin. I just want to smack his grin off his face every time I see him come up on the screen. No, there actually is somebody I know from the Philly FGC whose main is Dan. Like, he absolutely loves Dan, and I'm like, he's like, next time we play Street Fighter, I'm going to play nothing but Dan on you. I said, I said I'm never going to play you. <laughs> I was like, unless you play a different character, we will never, ever play well, each other. 
Yeah, but if anything, that's when you're just be like, this is why Dan sucked. Boom. Done. But uh, Anyway, back on the topic. I was about to say, back on track as far as that's concerned. Nowadays with games is that, again, the price tags are very, very hefty for it, and you want to feel that you're getting the most value for your dollars. So at one point, they were like, let's add a little bit more story to it. I'm going to probably say that came around about like that Mortal Kombat era when they were trying to make that transition from... Like, they're trying to put a little bit more of a story, a little bit more of a zoom into the um, into <laughs> the, the work, so to say. A narrative, thank you. Uh, putting a little bit more of a narrative inside of the actual video games for that. So that's where this whole genre went off. And, of course, Mortal Kombat was fantastic because it had a lot... I'm doing the Trump thing. It's fantastic. It's great. No, I'm Oh, sorry. my God. Uh, but anyway, getting back on track getting back on track yet again for it is that they added these different things into it. So it felt like you're getting a little bit more of a different value for it. So now I think this is what gamers are used to. They're looking for to have, like, I just want to play by myself. I don't want to have this social interaction. I don't want to have this. I want to be able to trade on my own. I don't want to, I want to get better at this. So when I do go out on it, so they expect these different things now, because that's what we're kind of, getting inside of it and if i'm paid sixty dollars for a game i want to get the full experience out of it with street fighter 5 if you were to be like okay 30 bucks for this game right out of the box for this and here you go go do your thing and then if you want additional stuff well you can buy that pick and choose like a la carte so to say um for that but i think that's where the downfall was for that in moving forward, but I don't think that they're really going to have that same issue for it. But then you have games like Injustice 2 that are just coming out. Well, that's pretty much fueling the fire of like, well, they have a lot of superhero genres of this, so they got to incorporate this story, they got to incorporate these moves, they got to incorporate this into it because there's so much that could be done with superheroes and also with the whole Never, Nether, Nether Realm games. Yeah, Nether Realm games. Yep. Nether uh, Realm. Whole... You can shorten it to NRS. Uh, their whole genre of how they present things because they were kind of the first to bring it into that modern era. And that's how I feel about this. Okay. Mark. Hi. Go, go ahead. Oh, you're still with us? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I saved I you for fun. last, Mark. Go ahead. What is your What is your thoughts on all this? You sound so happy about it too. <laughs> I I just don't I just I just don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm about to expect. So I'm preparing myself for it because when Mark is this quiet and then he goes to talk, he's like, "Okay, so this is how I science." See it. And and it's like he goes, "Emily, to be fair, I'm talk. also eating." To be fair, I'm also e I was also eating. Um, you you but, know, you know that you are though. I mean, this is this is the thing. This is the thing. See. <laughs> I feel like fighting games evolved because you know, kind of everything had to evolve at some point or another. Like, look at look at when um, the first fighting games came to the home console. You had, you know, Street Fighter Two, Fatal Fury, stuff like that. They were basically more or less arcade perfect translations, or as close to that as you were going to get. And they were meant to replicate the experience of playing it in the arcade with the ability to play it locally with your friends. So you got an experience that was, you know, maybe not visually arcade perfect, but structurally mechanically arcade perfect with the ability to play versus without having to like try to shove a quarter into your snes or genesis or whatever and that's that's all that was really expected of them 
as technology advanced, you kind of got to this point where fighting game developers were able to start cramming new and different shit into the games. And they were like, you know what? The arcade scene is dying. The arcade scene is going away. Like, we don't, we're not marketing these games so that people can get the arcade experience necessarily anymore. We're trying to make these games viable on the home platform. So you would get move lists included in the games and training modes because it started going away from arcade cultures. The arcade just stopped being a thing after a while. And fighting games needed to evolve even further beyond that because once the arcade went away entirely, before online play became a thing, the market for fighting games kind of went down to the hard games. You know, like the, 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 the casual people who would buy it because Street Fighter was super popular in the 90s, left. They, they went on to go do other shit. So you have to keep evolving your game at that point because you're trying to keep those hardcore players and whatever casual players might stick around interested in your game. So it's that's why you're getting, you know, involved story modes or, you know, like <laughs> character creation modes or things like that. It's it's you're trying to keep as many eyes on the product as possible because a lot of these developers remember when they were making millions of dollars off of these games. And now that they're kind of at a point where online play and the exposure of esports is starting to allow them to make millions of dollars off of these games again, they're going to latch on to that fucking shit. Like, you know, fucking Cartman on a Jewish kid. And they're not going to fucking let go until it's dead. <laughs> There's our South Park reference for the night. Thank you. So it's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. For me personally, like, I'm, I have been playing fighting games since I was a kid, and I buy a lot of them. I am not what one would call conventionally good fighting games. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like I, I know I know how to do, like, the motions for Street Fighter. I know how to play as, like, my mains in the majority of fighting games that exist. Like, Dan. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not, well, Dan in Street Fighter Alpha 3 was good, and you, you need to shut your fucking mouth, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not good at these games. Like, I don't, I, I'm not great at combo management. I'm not great at, you know, crossovers. I, I don't know how to do, like, you know, text it. I can call it out. I know, like, I, I've spent enough time on Shiryuken to, you know, figure out, like, what the different systems are. But, like, I'm not any good at fucking art. You know, I can't I can't deal with, like, you know, the, the diehard fucking fighting games. So for people like me who are tangentially interested in fighting games and enjoy playing them casually, but will never, ever, ever be in the competitive scene because they know they would get fucking ruined. That's great. Fucking awesome. You have this ability to still be invested in it without having to be tournament level, which is something that fighting games need now. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of sharing the same competitive space with Call of Duty and League of Legends and whatever. The problem with all of that is that... How can I put this? Um... Fighting games kind of sort of come from a culture that is very bro-ish. And, bro. like, it's evolving and it's changing, but, like, you, you notice that, like, occasionally shit happens that people ain't super happy about. And it, you know, it, it happens in, you know, other esports communities, but in a lot of those esports communities, it's like, fuck that guy. You know, like, if somebody's a dick in League of Legends, they just fire that guy and, like, it's kind of moves on. 
in the fighting game community, it's a lot of the stuff. It's stuff that's been around for years at this point, and it's it's harder to undo. So it's kind of a case where a lot of the stuff that was you know directly associated with the community is becoming like not as important in the grand development of things. And it's hard for developers to know what to focus on. Going back to Street Fighter V, Capcom's major concern with Street Fighter V when they got it out was get it out in time for Evo. Get it out in time for the competitive stuff. They focused purely on the competitive market. And everybody shit all over it. And to be, to be clear, they like massively mishandled this thing from jump. And that game was never going to come out in intact condition. But the thing was that they took a risk trying to push it so that it would get hyped at a tournament. And it didn't pay off. Tekken, by comparison, has been constantly being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, even though it's basically tournament ready. And we've been seeing the arcade version of Tekken 7 at tournaments because they're looking to generate the ideal home experience to a point where they're now running up against other fighting games like Injustice 2 that are already ready to go. So it's it's. It's, it's hard for these people to to know where they're supposed to be focusing shit. Fighting games as a, as a entity, as a thing, is having its entire identity switched with and changed around. And it's hard to know what to even begin to focus on. Do you, do you aim to be a new title like Arcana Heart 3 that shows up at like six tournaments a year, but that has a hell of a lot of diehards talking about how amazing it is? Do you try to be an amazing single-player experience like Tekken 7 is trying to be, or, or you know, like to a certain extent Injustice is going to be, and risk possibly sacrificing tournament viability, or do you aim for a tournament like Street Fighter V and possibly pooch and end up with, like, nobody paying attention to you? It's a, it's a weird fucking tightrope that you have to walk here, and it's, it's, it's got to be fucking nightmarish for a lot of the developers who don't even know if their shit's going to be viable next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I mean, fighting games have taken such a large shift at this point compared to what they were that, you know, not having even a good story mode could ruin a whole entire game for a bunch of casual players as opposed to before when it didn't matter if there was a story mode. So I could definitely see the pros and cons and how much difficult, how much more difficult it is now for game developers compared to you know, back then. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. And it's, it's, it's a whole new market that you're aiming at just in general, because it's, it's like games like league of legends and call of duty and whatnot. were kind of sort of aimed with the idea of being multiplayer games with single player elements <laughs> from jump. Developers knew what they were getting into with that. And games like, you know, StarCraft kind of fell ass over tea kettle into what they were supposed to be, and you didn't need to change a lot. Fighting games have had to evolve a lot to a point now where you're starting to see fighting games come out where, like, the story is the major focal point, and if it happens to get, like, you know, community acknowledgement, okay. Like, Arc System works. I'm sure they appreciate being in the fighting game community. That is absolutely not their fucking priority in any way, shape, or form. And if you have played any recent Arc System Works game with the 10-hour-long story modes that these games have, I think I think you will agree with me on that. They release mm. these games with, like, four new characters in them and, like, a couple of minor systemic tweaks. But the major input is 10 hours more story and $60. <laughs> and people, you know, go out and fucking buy that shit. It's, it's, it's hard to know where to even begin your 
to focus as a fighting game developer because you have no idea if the thing that you're focusing on is going to mean, you know, adoption into the next, like, year's worth of tournaments or if it's going to mean five people are going to download your shit on PSN and think it's really neat. Well, you know, and it's it's funny that you say that because we could definitely use, actually, NetherRealm as an example. So... Obviously, when Injustice came out in the very beginning, it was very, very popular. It was the first real, like, full DC, you know, fighting game that came out. But it had a lot of flaws. And those flaws ended up making it die off really fast. Once everyone actually came to realize, wow, this game is not. Now, they never... I don't think NetherRealm has ever really had an issue with their story modes. In fact, their story modes are probably visually some of the best story modes fighting games ever seen. But there were a lot of issues with their gameplay. You know, for example, one of the things that people hated the most in Injustice 1 was the interactables. Not necessarily that there were interactables, but the fact that they were unblockable. So didn't matter whatever, if somebody just kept using interactables on you over and over again, you could never block them, and that was a big flaw in the game, and there was a multitude of other issues. One big issue that they failed with is that they were patching every other week. Then they started patching every other week, changing everything up on players, and it was consistently changing so much every week that players got irritated. So a lot of the mistakes they made with Injustice when they came out with Mortal Kombat 10... They incorporated a lot of the same ideas from Injustice 1, but fixed the problems with those ideas in Mortal Kombat 10, which is one of the reasons why I think MK10 actually lasted longer than any of the other MK games, at least popularity-wise. So a lot of people, and it's hard to tell now because I have not fully like sat down and played the game and explained, you know, explored everything on it yet. It's already downloaded. So as soon as I'm done this, I'm obviously going to go play Injustice. But, <laughs> but, um, surprise, surprise, surprise. But a lot of people are talking about all the mistakes that they made in Injustice and in Mortal Kombat. They fixed in Injustice 2 to try to make it even a stronger game than it was before so that kind of I idea that you know game developers kind of like struggle and some of them have like really good like they're really good with one aspect like the story mode but they might not be as you know good like technically when it comes to the actual gameplay in which then they have to keep you know trying to learn and improve it <laughs> it does not have kite man and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so I, I just wanted to kind of use them as an example to go based off of what you were saying that you know some you know that it is more difficult for game developers because some game developers have their strengths when it comes to fighting games and other ones have their weaknesses and now they kind of have to learn how to make this fully complex well rounded fighting game and keep people interested and do something different than the other companies that are making them and hope it's successful when they didn't really have to worry about that that much, you know, 20 years ago. Nobody's saying anything because they're, like, having conversations in the chat right now. Like, they're very focused about bots and calendar mandate. No, I don't even know what the hell you guys no, are No, we're just sitting here listening to you, uh, you and Mark go back and forth about this whole thing. Yep. 
I was about to say, I'm just enjoying the show right now, actually. I am. It's, but... it's really right now, after I said my piece, there was really nothing more I could <laughs> add. So I just sat here and I just listened really to you and Mark go off the whole time. Hi, Cryptor Trails. I think I, I think Cryptor Trails. Did I say that right? I think I said that right. Yep. <laughs> I hope I did. Yeah. Hi, Rooney. Oh, wait, you know who that is? Yes. Yes, he's a friend. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, all For variable definitions people. of the word friend. Yeah, all of our fans are people that Mark know personally. Oh, so, okay, yay! Then. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everybody's fighting over you now. You know what, Mark? I think that I think he's my friend. <laughs> I think you like him. He has sex pants. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sex pants. Oh okay, my god! That just took a very quick. He and just went south real fast right there. Yeah, he's also Jameleon's friend. Damn straight, Crystal. Alright. I don't I don't want to see any sex pants though. I'm I'm good on you know. <laughs> I don't that. think I, I don't I don't need to see any <laughs> sex pants. Well I think we should either. spend the last couple of minutes doing a question and answer session with the with that's, the audience. That's that's yes, actually I'm that's actually sure. you guys are all on the same page as me because I was going to say for about the next five, ten minutes. We should do. There you go, Rob. Your your bot did some good. Yep. So that being said, what questions do you have for us? Try to keep them video game related. Nothing about sex pants, please. Thank you. Oh uh, damn it! The, this show's <laughs> going home. <laughs> Where where's my wallet? Where did the bot come from? From the Came darkest from pits of hell. Rob's deranged mind if you could permanently delete any fgc character that isn't dan who would you delete i know that question's for me um i think well, for, all, for all of us yeah. yeah don't hog the questions emily i mean don't hog the questions you can ask crystal <laughs> crystal were you directing who's that hub? question mainly towards <laughs> who's hub i don't know who <laughs> hub is you're just like my you're just like my boss he doesn't even know how to spell my last name either <laughs> All you have to do is add an S. Hell, my boss goes one step fur further. He misspells my name with an O. He, mi he adds an E. He forgets the S. I see this to everyone but Emily first. Ouch. All right. All right, go, guys, because I am I have to answer last, apparently. We'll go with so. Mark first. Oh, I don't have an answer. Come to me later. <laughs> I'm making tea, all right? <laughs> all right, I'll go first. Uh, let's say go Joe Higashi, because... <laughs> That'll piss people off. That's the only reason why. Wait, now he's saying. Now she's saying Emily first. Well, you Crystal, wrote to everyone. Crystal, you had your, 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 you're stretching this one question you, real you far. You said to everyone but Emily first. So, oh wait, I see what she's saying now. Oh, okay. So Emily uh, first. She's but saying, nobody caught. She's telling us to listen that. in the chat room. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm not the listen. You're like Navi in my ear. Listen. Listen. Um, hey, listen. Listen. Dude, hey, I'm listen. Look. I'm so glad they took that out because that was so freaking annoying. Every second. Listen. Anyway. This little bastard right here has it as a, as a text ringtone. Oh, that would annoy me. All right. Or did you change hey. that, Keith? Emily no, it's still the same. All right. Ah. So if I could eliminate, permanently delete any FGC character that isn't Dan, who would you delete? Oh, man. That, that's honestly a tough one. Um... <laughs> Anyone but 
Anybody but Dan. Um, God, it just comes. It's just like in big, like bright, shiny letters in front of my my face right now. Um, is Dan. Um, let's see. So you said any FGC character, so that helps a little bit. Um, Paul Phoenix from Tekken. His punches are cheap as hell, and sometimes. I get so freaking annoyed because people just keep spamming that one punch. And it does ridiculous amounts of damage. Like, for no reason at all. It's stupid. So, I I would be okay if Paul from Tekken didn't exist anymore. I would no, be okay with that. that hair is magnificent. It cannot go away. Okay, no. The hair is magnificent. His fists are... Like, there's just no reason that they do that much damage. Come on. He punches you once, and it does over half of your health. Like, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. Why does it, his punches have to be so overpowered? Like, it's like a, it's like more salty than Christy and Eddie in the game. Okay. Because he does one punch. So, so I mean, if I was allowed to pick Dan, obviously it would be Dan. But if I have to pick a character, I would say Paul from Tekken. All right. How about, uh, let's go to Heath. Uh, if anything, and it's going to be a shocker, I would say Akuma, because what? he's just a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> like, just overpowerful character. It's just ridiculous as far as everything he can do. So, yeah, I'm not I think the GVN spot, uh, bot has a good one. Is that poison? poison? You mean you? I don't know what you're talking about. You mean about. you? No. No, she's talking about poison from, uh... Oh, no, no, no. I'm referring to the GVM bot, which is oh, pretty yeah. much Rob, but he wants no. to pretend like it's not. No. We're not, we're not doing this. No. <laughs> Mark? Cable from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That's a good one. I like that. All of his various attacks are fucking rid is ridiculously cheap as shit. So we all know what Rob's answer is. It's poison, so... No, I said uh, Joe Higashi. Excuse you. Excuse you. <laughs> excuse you. I took Capoeira, and I will have you know, that shit's fucking tight if you actually use it as a combat martial arts, sir. Oh, I wow. will not have Brazil. Uh-oh. Crypto oh, man. Trail's got something big going on. Holy crap. All right, so these are going to be the last questions, because... All right, let's see. Eating multiplayer content behind single... Ahem. Probably talked about this already, so probably can be skipped. What about gating multiplayer content behind single-player campaigns? Does the single-player in fighting games need multiplayer? Two, considering that there are many contenders for Game of the Year this year, are you ready for the imminent announcement of Street Fighter Ken's Burger Challenge, a Telltale <laughs> game? <laughs> yes, and you know what? I have already voted it as Game of the Year just off of principle. It's a Telltale game, and it has Ken from Street Fighter. Oh my god. Wait, is that a real game? No. No, I didn't think <laughs> so. I think it's I'm done. I'm just okay, I'm checking out now. The fact that she can ask the question, is that a real game? It says a lot about Telltale as a company, and none of it's very good. <laughs> well, no, because I thought he was making it up, and I thought it was funny, but then, Keith, you were talking about it being a mobile phone game, so I'm like, Oh shit! Wait, is that really a game? Because I might have to like buy it just for the freaking hell of it. <laughs> All right. Um, I do. 
All right, to here's, his actual here's, question. Here's, okay, so here, here's the thing. I... I do believe that the single player in fighting games helps multiplayers. The multiplayer mode. Because when you have training mode that you can do in single player mode. You can play against people like with you. They have this new thing where you can actually train online with other players. It's a nice thing about the internet and things like that. And of course that's a multiplayer. But I think adding the training mode aspect and like commands and trials and all this other stuff for single player in the arcade mode where you have to battle against a computer. I do think that it helps uh, improve the single player so that when they, you know, play multiplayer and they play against somebody else, they are technically a better they are better with that character than they were before, if that makes sense. Hmm. Was that did I understand that question correctly? Because everyone's silent. It, well, if anything, I think, I think so. he's kind of talking about how in um, Street Fighter <coughs> on the Switch, there's actually a mode now that you could have a second player join in on the actual first player experience and help you beat that. Well, um, that's been boss. as far back as the uh, yeah, Street Fighter but Alpha. See, but see, the thing is, if you're talking about that, you can Cinematic have another mode, player join in. That's I, I wouldn't necessarily say argue that that's multiplayer or single mode. I mean, you're having another player come in. Therefore, you're not really in a single player mode anymore. You're you're by you know you have somebody else helping you as opposed to literally doing it all yourself. You know, single player mode, training by yourself, no online mode with someone coming in and training with you doing the arcade mode by yourself, all the trials, things like that, arcade mode, I personally do believe that that actually helps you, you know, train and become a better player. And then when you do go on to multiplayer and play against other people, you're, you know, kind of honing in and practicing what you learned. All righty. In so. regards to the keep the questions coming, I'm going to say one, like, one more good question. Okay. I feel on. like I feel like by and large single player in fighting games helps the multiplayer, but it largely depends on the game in question as well. Um, for the most part, I think you can pick up a lot by playing against the computer by scaling up the difficulties and whatnot so you can you know adjust your tactics, slowly learn how to get better before you eventually take yourself into a public setting or into online multiplayer. In a lot of respects, it can actually be more beneficial to play against the computer than it can be to play an online multiplayer, dependent upon how the netcode is. Because if the netcode's garbage, you're going to be learning entirely the wrong lessons about what to do and when to do it. Because, you know, the timing's going to be completely off, and playing against the computer is going to be spot-on accurate. That said, it depends on the game. Because, like, a game that has, like, really shitty read-your-button-map-type AI, like the early Mortal Kombat's, as an example where the computer knew what you were doing because it knew what you were pressing on the D-pad and, and counter-programmed itself to the motions the exact second you made them. That uh, does Bastards. And I, I, don't, I don't feel like a lot of the Arc System Works story modes are necessarily helpful to multiplayer, but they're not really designed to be. So it's, it's, it's kind of a toss-up there. Like that's, that's not what that's meant for, so you can't really make that comparison. All right, we got one more question. Biggest hope Biggest. for virtual reality. Um, here's what I'm going to say: Sex there robot. is no hope. 
I will disagree. So as somebody who has the PlayStation VR, I... No. That it... What? No, I was talking, answering Crystal's question about should every game have a cat in it. No. 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 Definitely yes. no. Um, yes, because I'm a fan of Felicia. <laughs> Alright, but no. Anyway. Um, as someone who does have the PlayStation VR, who has tried out other different types of virtual reality before, I, virtual reality before, I will have to say that PlayStation made huge strides with their VR. I mean, it is by far one of the coolest things I've ever had, and it is a step up. They finally did it right, compared to all the different other virtual reality stuff coming out that didn't wasn't quite successful. So I hope that virtual reality can continue to excel. The graphics improve, you know, th th there's just more. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of hard for me to, you know, go into detail about this, but I, I just hope to see more different types of virtual reality and to see, you know, what they can do, at least graphic-wise. I mean, for example, right now, that virtual reality headset for the PSVR, I mean, first of all, it's strapped on your head tight. I mean, when you put it on, you have to even, like, twist something in the back, and it's so tight on there that you can't even get it off. The thing is, though, the headset they use, it's, like, these little headphones that you can plug into, like, the VR and plug in so that, like, you really feel like you're in the game. The immersion. The Yeah, but the plugs are kind of flimsy. So I would like to see something where there's, like, a built-in, like headset like rumble type thing inside the vr like helmet that you're putting on i think that would be cool where you don't have to put in all these extra wires where you could just plug it in put it on strap it on and you're there i would also like to see the graphics improve a little more I'm not saying that they're horrible they're pretty deep they're very impressive for what it is but i would like to see it a little more um i will tell you though that right now there's times i play the vr where i'm like I forget that I'm not in the game. So there, are, I'm, you know what I mean? Like there's, you lose your sense of reality sometimes with that headset on and you can't pull it off because it's so tight on. You have to like mentally get yourself out if you're really into the game at least. Oh, come on now. Tell us how many times did you play Resident Evil where you ripped off that headset when you got a nice good uh, jump scare? I never ripped the headset off. Liar. Well I'm going to take the funny approach on this one is that I, I hope I, it doesn't become it like off. Sword Art Online. I, I hope I, it does not. I never ripped it off. Listen, listen, it's not that very, ultimately not gets very... to my point of sex robots, so I'm okay with it. Oh my gosh. No, it's, because it's... I don't want to fucking die in a video game. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you die in real life, you die of like lame shit like cancer or like AIDS or like a piano falling on you. If you die in Sword Art Online, it's probably awesome. I'll tell you what I am I looking guess. forward. I'll tell you what I am looking forward to. So Tekken <clears throat> 7 is going to be uh, VR compatible. <laughs> and I am this is really the first fighting game that I'm hearing is going to be compatible with the VR. So I'm really interested to see how they went about this. So it's probably going to be like Virtua Fighter where they had the uh, first-person mode added to it. I forget which one they did that to. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they are going to add a first-person mode in. 
I don't know what exactly they're doing, but I don't think they're adding a first person mode in the last I looked. Well, so I will be interested. So depending on what depending I know. Depending on what they do with their VR mode, I, I would be curious to see if, you know, fighting games and other games start kind of making their way into VR too and see how they take that approach and if it's something that could be, you know, popular or not. Um, obviously, you're not going to have a bunch of people at a tournament wearing headsets, VR headsets, but, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I am going to, as long as nobody else has anything else to say, kind of close everything up here. Um, so first things first, thank you to all our viewers for watching. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy hosting. Thank you, Emily. And do you guys have anything that you want to say? Oh, follow me on Twitter at Jamelian, J-E-M-M-I-L-L-I-O-N. I forgot how to spell my own tag there for a second. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and everywhere. Yay, I'm going to be more active and I'm going to be streaming again. So you should follow my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jamelian, because I'm going to be streaming a lot of Injustice and stuff in the future because we have like five fighting games coming out in the next couple months. Two months to be exact. So go ahead, Rob, Keith, Mark. Okay, so real quick, yeah, uh, after the conclusion of this GVN Live, I have two other things that will be going on. And one thing I'm currently planning, uh, we got Disney Jam- uh, Disney Month go- still going on with Game Jam. This Wednesday, we are going to be playing two Disney games. We're going to be playing Land of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and we're going to be playing Quackshot. Uh, Mark is going to be my guest of honor. Um, we haven't decided the... Uh, What's going to be going on, but uh, just tune in anyway. We're going to have a lot of fun. Both are amazing games. Thursday, we will not be having um, uh, three vets at a noob because our noob is going to be off doing stuff like life. And then after that, we... Uh... <laughs> life. <laughs> then we're oh, gonna... freaking life. <laughs> yep. Then, at, then the following week, yes, it's another uh, Disney uh, Game Jam, which is the first of two parts of the Disney Afternoon Starting off with the guy right here below me. He will be joining us as we play both Darkwing Duck and hopefully some Tailspin. And, <laughs> and of course, Sorry. it will also be his turn for the next GVN Live to be host. So definitely uh, tune in for that. And I'm sure Mark wants to uh, plug something too. Mark, what would that be? I have no idea. No? You have nothing to plug? No. What? No? Didn't you what? just recently uh, do an episode of uh, Neo Kobe? Oh, that! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, it's been a while. It's been a long while, but we have actually posted two, two brand new episodes of Neo Kobe Pizza, the only gaming podcast that floats in soup, over on SoundCloud.com slash MarkBWriting. You can also find it over on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, basically anywhere that hosts podcasts. Uh, I have one more in the backlog, and then I hopefully I'm going to be able to start recording in the next few days to have a few more ready to go. But uh, we're, we're hopefully going to be doing this weekly as normal going forward. Awesome. And nice. what about your stream? I stream on Sundays now, usually starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, mostly we're just doing a whole lot of Persona 5, although the one week we did Final Fantasy 14. So it's, it's you know, it's it's back and forth dependent upon what needs to be done at the moment. All right, Keith. 
And I just come on to these different shows still, and I just do my thing. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's me at the moment. Uh, I have uh, really follow no, the gamer uh, Keith on Twitter. The gamer Keith. He's yes, on see, he's got a Twitter oh, right there. Yes, I do. I was about I to say that's hang uh, down there, but but uh, yep, I you can tweet me, um, shoot the shit with me, anything along those lines. Love talking about games. So there you go. <laughs> all right well thank you so much everybody for tuning in i hope that you have a fabulous night and i am gonna go play some injustice 2 before i go to bed see you all again soon in two weeks night. bye bye